Welcome everyone to the Game Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Schuster. Tonight we have a very special crossover episode. Joining me tonight are Anthony DeVecchio and Dan Aquino from the They Called This a Movie podcast. And as usual, Jenny Aquino and Mark Myers. Tonight we'll be reviewing the Netflix documentary High Score and reviewing our retro light game, Aggressive Inline for the Nintendo GameCube. But before we get to all of that goodness, what have you guys been playing? Let's start with Anthony. Okay. Uh, currently, I am playing... The most I'm putting in time is NBA 2K20, which I believe was last month's or two months ago at this point. Might have been July's uh, free game of the month for uh, PS Plus. So I've been playing a lot of that. And then I've been also kind of jumping off of that... For Street Fighter V, which was, I think, last month's PS Plus uh, free game. So, uh, just playing games that I get for free, which is usually my MO, because I don't spend much <laughs> money on video games. But I guess the last time, I, I haven't talked to you guys in like a year or so. And with the whole pandemic going on, uh, I finished Marvel's Spider-Man. Okay. And I got all but two trophies, because the other two trophies are like... I have to go back and play it again, which to me it just seems weird to do. Uh, um, and uh, played Arkham Asylum for the first time and finished that. Okay. And I got I got like 20 or so hours into Skyfall. Not Skyfall. What am I thinking? <laughs> You're playing Skyrim. a Bond game? Skyrim. 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 Oh, yay. And then I lost interest. Aww. Well, the thing with Skyrim is I kept going into like dungeons that I was not leveled up enough for mm -hmm. so you would get halfway through and then it would just the difficulty would ramp up halfway through the dungeon then i just had to kind of backtrack way out so that happened like five or six times and i was just like i'm putting all this progress into this and i'm not i'm not getting anything for it so i'm done yeah that's but, yeah it's okay but that's it yeah so uh are, are you still on the bulls still on the bulls so the bulls were terrible my first so i only i've been basically only playing my career uh started off on the bulls and they sucked uh as my player got better and then he'd like he'd go out for a break and then come back in and they'd lose any lead that i i left them with but then i was about to go into free agency and, but then all of a sudden anthony davis and demar Derozan came onto the bulls so like well i'm gonna sign with them and now we're 23 and one wow. so <laughs> i assume we're gonna win the championship <laughs> well that's uh, that's a lot of good gaming. I mean, just beating Spider-Man alone is uh, pretty good. Did you did you go through all of the um, DLC stuff too? Yes. Yeah, so I think I finished. I want to say I finished Spider-Man last summer or last fall, just about about a year ago. And then I had like the all three DLCs that I kind of sat on for a while. And then once pandemic hit, I just kind of went back. And cleared out all three of those. So probably, I uh, probably put in another ten or so hours of that stuff during the pandemic. But I've 100 percented everything. The only thing I haven't done was just played it on New Game Plus, and that was it. Okay, that's good. Yeah, it's a good game. Good choice. Yeah, it's all great. Right. Someone say it's the 2019 game of the year. Someone oh, might say it off. Get over it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, how about you? I have been playing the Avengers game, and that's kind of it. I haven't been playing too much, really. Uh, I've only played... I think I've only put, like, five hours into Avengers oh, at so this you're, point. you're halfway done. 
<laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, I just kind of like go around looking for collectibles and stuff like that. I don't, and I'm looking to um, upgrade the characters. I've only played as the Hulk so far. I was gonna say, who's your main? So, but that answers my question. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the only character I've unlocked yet, and I just go around. I've I've leveled him up to about seven, I think. And okay. I, I don't know if that's high or not. I, we Mark and I played the um, the multiplayer. And he had Black Widow up to 25, I think. Yeah, yeah, 25 power level. For yeah, Black 25 Widow. power level. That's pretty good, I'd say. But yeah, that's about it. I, I play Call of Duty, but I don't know. That's not really anything to write home about. You know? <laughs> it's something. <laughs> not really. I mean, that's just kind of like everyone does that. Well, dang, I guess I'll cut that out of mine. Well, I, I'm just saying, it's it's nothing special. We call Call of Duty. If it comes out every year, it's not special. <laughs> A new Call of Duty comes out every year in November, right? Essentially. Yeah. yeah. Generally, yeah. Yeah, so that's just kind of like whatever. Nothing special there. Right. Nothing to write home about with Call of Duty. Okay. Well, okay then. I want to uh, start I'll... playing the Switch again, but Jen won't let me. <laughs> that's such a lie. We were on stream inviting you to play and you wouldn't. Well, I didn't want to show you up. Uh-huh. Well, here we go. I didn't. <laughs> I Listen, it's your stream. It's not my place to come down own you and then you know like you have to hear can you, about it can later. you can you own someone in a single player game i just i'm curious yeah, of course i mean i think dan will manage that yeah well i mean case in point jen is doing the slide in mario 64 and i'm trying to tell her what to do she doesn't do it of course <laughs> if if it were anyone other than her husband telling oh her to my do God. it she would have done it honestly but i didn't see you saying me anything neither so well, I, I think it's that not, just, it's not her fault i think that points to you guys got to pay attention to the chat oh we're playing okay. a game well come on we're trying man. to pay attention to the chat it's not really? it's not it's you, not i'm giving you vital vital mario information oh my god and it's it's falling on deaf ears oh man but <laughs> anyway, i i came down after off the stream i did the race one shot no problem and I was like, I mean, how would that have looked if I just came down the stairs? I mean, I did it one shot, no problem, too. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, But you're not that. I can't do that to my wife. You can just talk <laughs> about it later on our podcast. Exactly. <laughs> but like, think how awkward it would have been me coming down in a robe. Right. In like, a fat man robe. No, that's a Snuggie. I don't know oh, okay. the Snuggie that often. <laughs> My I love how he has two things. That's great. My well, you have robe. a Batman robe, too. I don't think so. Regardless, <laughs> I come down in my polo robe. I Give me that thing. And then I show you up on the stream. Everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, why are we watching them? Why can't we watch this guy? But they do on Sundays. No one watches me on Sundays. <laughs> that, that's actually true. I'm there yeah. on Sundays. Because well, you guys you guys hog the prime time spots. Sunday, Sunday is a prime stream day. Oh, yeah, yeah. 9.30 at night. Sunday fun day. You, can, you could stream whatever time you want, Dan. No one's telling you to stream at 9.30 at night. I think it's Mark is telling me about 9.30. <laughs> Here we go. Pass the blame to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Dan just comes on the podcast and just rips us all apart. <laughs> well, I haven't ripped everybody. Anthony's fine. For now. Yeah, no. Well, Anthony's Thanks, Dan. Just, I like you, too. Yeah, I see. <laughs> He, just, he, just wait till we start reviewing things, then we'll yeah. see how that goes. <laughs> no, uh, in all seriousness, that's all I've played. Okay. The end. The end. Jen, how about you? Since you're 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 sitting right next to him. 
So, um, as always, I've been playing Dead by Daylight, which if everyone missed the last, well, not this past stream, because now it's Monday right now. So the last Friday stream, we did a cosplay stream. So check it out. Let us know if you want to see more of that. Just a little side note. Um, aside from Dead by Daylight, um, apparently Warzone is nothing to write home about. So I'll just briefly mention that I've been playing that. <laughs> and uh, Mario 64. So I um, really haven't been playing too much aside. And then, of course, our retro roulette game, Aggressive Inline. Um, haven't been playing too much other than that. Um, I watched Dan play Avengers for a bit. It seems pretty cool. It's probably a game that I would prefer to watch rather than play. As Spider-Man was like that for me too. I didn't. I first of all would never have gotten good enough to actually swing as Spider-Man, so I saved myself the frustration there. But I enjoyed watching that, so I'm sure I'll feel the same about Avengers. Um, but yeah, that, that's literally all I've been doing. Okay, Mark. Uh, Tom, do you want to go? Since I probably played the most games. <laughs> yeah, you probably did. Um, <laughs> sure, I'll go. I'll go. A uh, big surprise, I loaded up a Final Fantasy VII save and was playing through that. Um, we need to get Jen playing that game again because... I think you say this every podcast. <laughs> well, it's just a, it's, it's a really good game. And now that you have a computer that works, it should play good on, yeah. on stream. And people like to watch you play that game, too. It does. It's yeah, not just me. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's just. I think it's just people like to watch women play. I'm um, not taking anything away from Jen. But she's a woman, and I think it's just like, oh my god. Yeah, but nobody realizes it's a woman when they when you just click on Game Vault podcast. You don't it's, put that in the header. I mean, <laughs> not not generally, no. Female, but it's like yeah, a neon sign. Female players. Any, anyway, anyway. Dan and his hot takes tonight, man. I don't so, know. I'm fired it's up. Dangerous. Man. Uh, yeah, we need to get you playing that again just because I think you need to experience the full game. Because we got you through Midgar. We got to get you to the more interesting parts of the game. Tom, how Especially, many how many times have you played that game? Uh, I've lost count. It's got to <laughs> be... Because I have it on everything. So it's I've had to have played through it like 15 times. Wow. That's, at, far, at, that's a foreign idea to me. At, well, it's like, a, it's like a security blanket, if that makes okay. any sense. I, sure. I'm with you, Tom. I actually I recently got into an uh, not an argument but a conversation with another close friend of ours about nostalgia and going back and playing certain games and he how he doesn't enjoy it. I love doing that stuff. I, when I saw like Donkey Kong was coming onto the Switch and Donkey Kong Country 2, I want to play those games a lot. Yeah, I mean, and and the thing is with with a game like Final Fantasy VII, you can play it through at varying degrees of of completion. You don't have to, like, you could do a, a run and do everything, or you could do a run and do none of the side stuff. So, to me, it's just nice that I have the option to play it through different ways. Obviously, the ending's going to be the same, because it's from 1997. It's not a game where you get different endings, but um, it's nice to, to know that I can go through and have different things happen every time I play it. But, yeah, it's... It, it's definitely like a security blanket. If I feel like crap or something, I'm, I just want to play something to make me not think about that or something. Uh, it's definitely the first game I load up. But um, yeah, I've been, I was playing that on the Switch. And then when I wasn't playing that, I was playing Super Mario 64. Because after our stream, uh, we had a dual stream where I was playing on the N64. And as Dan said, Jen was playing on the Switch. Um, it was a lot of fun. You should go check it out. It'll be on YouTube soon. Once YouTube stops being stupid to me, I don't know why that's <laughs> what's happening. 
Every time I go to upload a video, it's like, oh, we couldn't process your video. It'll upload 100. percent It's like, now I can't process. Okay. Did you get better at Mario 64 since the last yeah. time you streamed that? Yes, much better. Good to know. <laughs> you should have been there. I was, I was doing really well. All the I stuff. I caught the I last. Could... I caught the end. You caught the end when you saw me do something that I tried 900 times on the first stream and couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. If you hadn't had, I think that must have been one of our first streams for Retro Roulette. I w went into playing Super Mario 64, extremely tired, extremely rusty at the game, and picking the worst possible level of stream. <laughs> I, I did a couple uh, well, you stars. Did the first, and, you did the first level. Yeah, I did the first level, but the the ice level was a mistake. Mm -hmm. um, because the controls are totally different. You're slipping around on everything and trying to do the races when you're not fully fully there is not easy. Uh, and you know from playing like like playing a um, a baseball game when you're really tired, you yeah. can't hit any, you can't hit anything because you're super late on everything. Mm -hmm. Definitely. That's what but... it was like trying to play that game. <laughs> All my my reactions were totally shot. I couldn't do anything <laughs> right, and it was. Uh, it was a debacle, but luckily I redeemed myself on this stream. You're lucky we didn't post any highlights from that episode. I'm just saying. Luckily, the audio <laughs> was garbage from that episode, and it, I did not upload it to YouTube, or else it would be forever <laughs> haunting <out there>. you. <laughs> yes, haunting me. Um, let me see. I, I I feel like I was playing something else, but I cannot remember now. Um, I probably was playing Forza or something. You know, the usual. Uh, I'm kind of getting gearing up for another playthrough of remake final fantasy 7 remake because i never played through the new game plus or went back and did all the side quests so i may be doing that and i'm also now waiting for star star wars squadron so i'm trying to not get too involved in anything before that comes out because that's what two weeks from now we gonna have yeah i think so yeah, yeah you get your hotas yet no, no, I meant to get it. Uh, Jonathan told me he's like, uh, the they have the Hotas in stock at Best Best Buy. I was like, okay, I'll go check it out. By the time I went to go check it out, it was gone. So apparently, people are just buying them up to play uh, Flight Simulator, Simulator. I guess. Yeah. So I I need to be better about finding one that's that's uh, in stock. So that's all for me, Mark. I'm sure you're yeah. going to put us all to shame with your gaming this week. <laughs> well. <laughs> Well, this is a time of year when um, I really look into Game Pass and things like that to try to get my uh, Game of the Year stuff together um, and at least get some kind of list. So um, I'll start off with the stuff that you guys haven't played. Um, I started playing Spiritfarer, um, which is essentially a um, like a management sim where you play um, the person in charge of ushering souls um, to the afterlife. Uh, you're basically... Um, going back and forth, um, you know, the map's like Wind Waker in terms of there's islands and you travel to each of them. They each have something. You'll go back. Things change after a while. Um, you like build up, you like build a kitchen, you build houses for the spirits. You, you can garden. There's a little bit of, you know, uh, farming in there. Not so much to the extent of Stardew Valley, but, you know, you are growing crops and things. Um, each of your uh, spirits have their own personality in terms of what they like to eat and, um, it's just a very chill game. Um, not much in intense to it yet. There's a scene where you 
um, go through and have to destroy these jellyfish, but they can't hurt you. But it like gets really dark and ominous, and that's probably the darkest it gets. Um, the writing's really good uh, with the uh, the ghost there, like the uh, um, or the spirits, I should say, because they're not because I think you're technically dead too. Um, and they're all animals for some reason. Um, so far, I have a, a deer, a frog, and a snake on my um, on my ship. Um, I've also almost kitted it out to the biggest ship, um, so that I have more room to build. Uh, and I'll have to travel back and forth. Uh, so I'm point out, it's a really good game. Probably going to end up high on my list. Um, ve- very calm and relaxing music to it. Um, and then the game I just bought recently um, that I was playing uh, right before the stream here is um, I grabbed Hades, which finally went 1.0. That's the super giant game. Uh, the people that made Bastion, Transistor, and my game of the year when it came out, Pyre. I believe that was 2017. Um, so um, basically, uh, that game, it's a, uh, a roguelike uh, run base uh, game where you um, just do multiple runs and you get further and further as you power up your character and you get different powers. Essentially, you're the, the baseline of the story is you're the son of Hades trying to escape the underworld um, and go up to Olympus with your cousins. Um, so uh, you're going through that and you're getting help from one side while fighting the other. And the dialogue's really good in that it remembers everything, just about everything you've done. So, um, and it's new dialogue each time you die and come back so far. And I've gone through almost a dozen times. Um, yeah, it's like the, um, if you die to a boss, they're like, oh, couldn't get them again, could you? <laughs> well, keep trying. Like, it's really sarcastic stuff like that. Your your dad is Hades. Um, so he keeps taunting you the whole time going, I'm telling you, it's almost like I built this room so you couldn't get out. Yeah, keep going, I guess. You know, and uh, and it has a uh, Cerberus is there, so I can confirm that you can pet the dog in this game. It go. is a three-headed dog, but you can still pet the dog, uh, uh, which is which is the number one requirement to any game that has animals in it. Um, and that instantly get, knocks it down below five stars if you can't pet the dog. Um, I agree with you. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the the game is beautiful. Um, well, all all super giant games are just the art is fantastic. Um, and the portraits of each of the gods and all they are just all undeniably hot. Like it was like a choice <laughs> that they made them like the most beautiful people ever. Well, that's it, wasn't that the wasn't that the whole point of Greek gods is that they were you know I, exceptional I, in every way. Yeah, but it but it looks like they were like no no. You know what? We just need a little more muscle here because he's going to be shirtless for most of this scene here. We'll just do that. Or Aphrodite shows up and basically um, the only insinuation that she's naked, but her hair is over, you know, her boobs and stuff like that. You know, so it's like they're all model gorgeous and all this. It's just I I guess it's going back and forth from playing uh, Trails in the Sky, which was surprisingly horny um, to this game being like, no, Greek mythology is is definitely horny so we're gonna play into that with this um so yeah it's fun it's 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 a um contender uh for my my game of the year so far um it's definitely uh the first game since last of us part two that i've been just constantly wanting to go back and play um so outside of those uh, i played and beat avengers um the single player story um it's not bad um the the best part is i like the the um the slow build to Modoc um 
from, you know, being uh, the scientist in the beginning. Um, so the slow build is great. Um, and the, the only thing I don't like is when you're playing um, a lot of the missions, which I found when I was playing with Dan, that's a lot better with another person there. Um, a lot of your companions um, don't really work well together and there's no way to command them to like go there or do that. Yeah, I've heard um, the AI is garbage. In the yes, game. that's a little frustrating. And the other thing that's frustrating, too, is if you pick the wrong character um, and you need a wall broken down, um, you just can't get that secret. You know, you can't even if you have even if you have Hulk in your party as an A.I., you can't you, have him. break the wall. If you're not him, you can't. If you're break not the wall. him. Yeah. Um, I accident. I accidentally had Thor break one for me um, because he was attacking somebody near it. And he did his big hammer swing and went and it broke the thing so we could get in. Um, but besides that, yeah, they don't they don't care about any of that stuff. They're just dead set on the main mission. Um, but I do main Black Widow um, just because her moveset is very much more simplistic and her specials are easier to sort of figure out. Um, so it's a lot better when you're by yourself in a chaotic environment um, to know how to replenish your stuff. Um, Iron Man is probably the most garbage um, in the sense that um, all the flying around feels really bad. Uh, so uh, it just, yeah, I mean, there's a couple points where it's awesome. You can fight, you know, do a couple punches and jump back and, and use the beams and stuff like that. Uh, but maybe he gets better if I power him up a lot, but I didn't really like him. Uh, the best part of this is maybe they had to not market it this way, but... Um, the story being a Miss Marvel story is what makes this game great um, in terms of the single player, uh, because we, you're I, not. I, I feel like they couldn't really focus on the other characters because we've already seen that story. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, the whole marketing was, oh, you get all the Avengers together and you fight and you, there's tragedy and blah, blah, blah. And you get into the thing like, oh, this is just like Miss Marvel learning how to be a superhero you know, while uh, trying to figure out, you know, the plot of this game. And the fangirl stuff is great because they don't overdo it. It's perfectly placed. Uh, she has a couple moments where it's just things from the comics that they don't really do in real life. And she kind of wants them to do it. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, they, they make sort of jokes to like famous lines that each character would say. And they're like, wait, I don't say any of that. Like, what, what are you talking about? Um, and it's real good. Uh, just playing off that. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a lot better than I thought it would be, um, especially uh, the comments I made from, you know, looking at the trailers and stuff like that. Um, definitely could have been much better if they would have went straight with a uh, single player game that was a little longer with just the just a multiplayer angle afterwards, like a Call of Duty multiplayer thing and not this Destiny power level system. Um, it could have been much better. Uh, yeah, so. I so does this game seem geared towards endgame? Like it's it like completing the story doesn't really matter. The the whole point of it is to play multiplayer yeah, with exactly. other people. Because once you end the story, it, it starts a new story essentially. Okay. You know, you know, there's like an after credit scene and all that. You know, it stays true to Marvel. Uh, so yeah, and the only other thing I've been playing, which I might start keeping track of, is you know I run my uh, speaking of old games that uh, get played a lot is um. You know, I've been running a bunch of randomizers uh, for Link to the Past. So I got it under four hours. So I want to maybe start keeping track of it to see if I am actually making any progress or if I'm just getting lucky with the seed that I'm getting. But um, 
yeah, that's about all I've been doing. I I downloaded a couple other things, um, you know, Crusader Kings 3 and, uh, you know, the remaster of Age of the Empires 2 and just stuff like that that popped up on Game Pass. And it looks like I'm going to start getting some Bethesda stuff, as we'll get to in the news. Um, that'll, that'll work out great. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's just starting to play my small games uh, just so none of them sneak up on me um, and try to take that number one spot like has happened in years past. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm I'm glad we have some diversity on this podcast. We got all kinds of gamers. We got folks who play sports games, which most of us at this point, folks play RPGs, folks who play arcade games and shooters. Uh, and I guess we'll, that will kind of lead us perfectly into our main topic tonight. Uh, we're going to review the Netflix documentary uh, High Score, which recently came out. I believe it came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, where they where they basically go through uh, a few different people's stories in gaming uh, and how they relate to how gaming is what it is today and uh, that's one of the main reasons we get we have the they call this movie guys on here because they like to review films and documentaries and things so uh, Ant do you want to give us a synopsis on your feelings Sure uh, I I thought High Score was pretty good for kind of surface level sort of thing it's it's very similar to if you've watched the other netflix series the toys that made us yes they don't really get too deep or anything like that um like it's i like kind of like the the structure of it where they kind of go through the history and it's it's more or less chronological but each episode is it, it takes a different theme to it. So, like, uh, I had to pull up the Wikipedia because I haven't seen this. Like, it took me, like, I think I watched it, like, three weeks ago. But, uh, like, the first one is is obviously starts talking about the Atari stuff and Space Invaders. And they touch upon E.T., the extraterrestrial. And then it kind of goes through the chron- chronolo- chronological history of video games. But also kind of each episode being a self-contained theme. Oh, that was kind of cool in terms of just structure. But again, like you're really not diving too deep into anything. I think there's like some interesting stories here and there. Like the one guy that uh, created an RPG by himself, which was an LGBTQ gay blade, was the name of the. And then he completely lost it. He lost all copies of it, which is frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. But at the same, like a fascinating story. Um, Yeah. I, I thought it was good. It's if it's uh, it's like a, a seven. Yeah. Uh, like I, I feel like I give documentaries kind of uh, uh, just I always give them a passing grade more or less until unless they su- unless they really suck. But it's background background noise I would say overall. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. So I watched this and me myself having a good amount of knowledge about video games. It was just kind of things I I mostly knew already. But it was very interesting, the things that I didn't know, like um, the folks that started Sierra Online, you know, uh, things like that. The video game contest stuff, that was fascinating to me because as a kid, you kind of always heard about that stuff. But once you were able to see it and they had stories about, you know, high score contests and stuff, uh, I thought that was really fascinating because I never would have I would have choked so bad if I ever tried something like that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that was that stuff was cool. Like uh, the one, the one Asian guy that I don't even remember what game they were playing. Whereas Sonic, was, Sonic, 
Sonic. Sonic. He was in San Francisco, I think. Yeah. Rock yeah. the Rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yep. yes, Rock the Rock. Um, yeah, I thought that it was fascinating stuff. I, I would have liked to see more kinds of stuff like that. Um, yeah. Dan, how, was... how about you? Oh, um, I I enjoyed it. I was very into it, mainly on the nostalgia side of it. Uh, I agree with Ant. It's very how did this get made or or like what was it uh toys that, toys made, that us. made us or movies that made us it's very cutesy yeah it, it almost seems low budget yes but it, i thought it, it was definitely enjoyable because there were games that i hadn't even thought of in a while that you see like oh my god i remember that game and it's it was cool to see some of the people behind it because i'm i never knew who made the games really like id software and those guys, how they made certain things. and All right, so before we get too far away from that comment, what did you guys think of, uh, what's his name? Um, John Romero. John Romero. I always want to say Carmack, but it, they showed Romero. No. Uh, he... Is, is that Metalocalypse? Yes. He looks, yeah. <laughs> That's what I think of him. <laughs> he he kind of looks like a, a store brand version of, man, what's that guy? Dan... Dan, he was in uh, Balls of Fury, if you know who I'm talking about. Do you know who I'm talking about, Ant? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay, um, it's like Dan Foster Futterman? or something. Fu- yeah. Is that, yeah, uh, am I making that up? I it think sounds I'm about right. <laughs> but he, he was in uh, Dan Fantastic Futterman is, a re- is an actor, but that's not No, actor. that's not him. <laughs> no, not. No, not, definitely not him. Dan, it's Dan, it starts with Dan F- Fogel, Fogler. maybe? Fogler. Fogler. Fogler, yeah. Uh, he kind of reminded me of Dan Fogler. Really? Oh yeah, look at him in Balls of Fury right there. I'm looking at him. Yeah, he's got the long hair. You get you you give him a beard, that's him for sure. Right, look at that. Look at that right there. <laughs> Everyone, great look. For an audio podcast. Everyone look at your screen right now. Well, I'm I'm pointing it because Jen has a, a Google Images up right now, and I th- I swear to God that looks kind of like him. Uh, it kind of looks like him now. Yeah, it looks okay. like him to me. Yeah, okay. the. Uh, that whole episode, the, the best part about it is that he probably didn't agree to it because um, God knows if he'd get sued again. But um, I would have rather have heard from Carmack, who's kind of more of a crazy person uh, than they're Romero. Both cra- they're both crazy, but yeah, but <laughs> R- Romero's more. I feel like I feel like he's more outspoken. Yeah, yeah, Carmack. Um, essentially it was told to not have anything to do with id software after it got sold to bethesda like they're like nope you're not no leave (laughs) go (laughs) um and he still tweets really random shit and because he's a he's a genius in terms of programming but it's always that thin line you know where he knows how smart he is at doing this that's the the scary person when they know how smart they are yeah and yeah, he's just uh, completely, um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the that whole section just because you knew it was kind of crazy what they did, but I didn't know how, like, kind of dumb they were going, yeah, we're going to write this whole press release about a game that we haven't even programmed one single frame of. Well, yeah, and we're, see, we're going to say it's the greatest game on the planet. See, the, the problem is uh, John Romero has done that since and it completely backfired on him yeah he yeah, uh yeah. he also wrote daikatana i don't know if anybody knows that's what, what i was Daikatana. looking at because i remember i remember that just being flooded in all the game magazines in the two, early 2000s yeah. like i think one of the one of the big like uh 
one of the big advertisements was John Romero will kick your ass or some John some... Romero's about to make you his bitch. There it is. That, yeah, there it is. That's that's the kind of shit that they they were able to get away with with Doom, but after that, not so much. Yeah, the yeah, the, and just the um yeah, just the egos on those guys are amazing. Um, because John Romero, you literally he is the final boss of Doom Two. Um, you go behind where the final boss is, and it's just the head of John Romero, um, on a stick, and <laughs> you shoot it to end the game. Um. But yeah, the, the, my my thoughts on it, the whole thing was great. Um, I guess I'm a little more spoiled in the sense that, you know, I've listened to a lot of gaming podcasts across different networks and watched a couple of Noclip documentaries and things that dive a little bit deeper, um, even though Noclip is a little more, it, it's just the same in terms of surface level to the fact that they don't dive into the controversial issues, you know, sort of thing. They celebrate games. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, listening, you know, to, you know, Bombcast stuff with uh, Gersman, who was around just as long as all of this stuff you saw in this documentary. And just, you know, the stories he's told over the years and then the way they just gloss over that stuff in these um, uh, in this documentary, especially the whole Sega versus Nintendo thing um, on that. Uh, it was just fun to I think I had more fun hearing from the actual people like the the interviews. Um, was where I really liked about it, especially uh, uh, the Japanese um, developers, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, because they're, you know, like they they got they get really into it um, in terms of like they went to a guy that like drew like anime and manga and stuff to draw Final Fantasy characters that they could never even get to look like that in the game, um, and commissioned them to do all this you know crazy well, yeah, he, art. I'm pretty sure he does like all of the final fantasy yeah. art S- since then since then yeah but it's just yeah all that stuff the uh and the uh the crazy thing i love the guys with um uh the ones that altered the space invaders cabinet um, oh yeah and, that was a yeah, great story too yeah and they yeah. walked in it was like hey guys guess what we're getting sued by atari <laughs> you know just <laughs> just sort of celebrating that fact and you know just how insane that was and then you know, finally on my end, the the great thing I loved about it was I finally getting the full story of E.T. Um, like we've all heard, you know, that it killed the video game industry, that they basically buried it in the desert. Um, uh, millions of copies of the game that was never sold. Um, but just hearing um, him say, yes, yeah, so, uh, they gave me five weeks to make this game. <laughs> and uh, games usually take about six to nine months back in this time. Um and then just seeing how much Spielberg was just like every other Hollywood person trying to get into the video game sector even now. Mm-hmm. It was like, why don't you just make it like this other popular thing? <laughs> Couldn't you make E.T. more like Pac-Man? You know, <laughs> and just... Um, yeah, that, yeah, that was that was really interesting to me that he was like, I wanted to... How do you make E.T. like Pac-Man? The guy's like, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and just... Um, and then, you know, Spielberg approves the game because, well, Spielberg doesn't know what he's doing in terms of video games back in that, you know, time frame. Um, just like, oh, yeah, that looks like my character. That's kind of things he may do. You're good. Um, but I, I like that they didn't specifically put all the blame on that one game. It was just the overarching um, attitude of Atari in that they just kept going game after game after game after game after game. After game. And just sort of flooded the market with a lot of shit. Um, yeah. 
And that's what crashed the market, not E.T. E.T. was just the worst of the worst. Well, um, yeah, E.T. E. was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, and essentially I mean, it became, because everybody had a different mindset than they do now, it was like, well, if E.T. and Indiana Jones and Pac-Man can't sell Ataris, what can, you know? Yeah. The the idea that it needed to have a name behind it to be able to sell. Um, yeah, the news report clips were great um, of certain things um, throughout it, but yeah. It was pretty good. I recommend it for anyone that is either, you know, has never delved deep into history of video games. It's a good one to start with. It gives you the baseline, like Ant says. It takes you through all the way, um, technically probably until modern times, especially with the the adventure game one, where they tie it into everything nowadays, um, you know, with Ultima and and Roberta and Ken Williams. Um, yeah, also, if... If you've never seen Richard Garriott before, this super rich dude who doesn't know what to do with his time, he's also crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you get to see that firsthand in this. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's it's pretty cool. And I like the, uh, I just love the idea of uh, um, that they would only let uh, Miyamoto smoke in the English guy's office. So <laughs> he would just go down there and just talk to them while they were trying to program Star Fox. And he would just chain smoke cigarettes in their office. And He's like, we had, we couldn't tell him to leave. He's Miyamoto. <laughs> but he's just sitting there talking about trees. <laughs> One of my so. favorite parts of the documentary was the violent video game section when yeah. when they started introducing the uh, the rating system. But the reason I liked it is more because of just like a personal reason. I was watching it and they had a lot of CBS content on there. So... <laughs> It was just like, oh, well, that that went through us. Like, you know, my department had to clear it and ingest it and send it, you know, to whomever was. Maybe you did. It's very possible. Can I say how how much I didn't enjoy that? Because they were showing all kinds of violence that I don't like. See? Oh, well, yeah, you're, you're not. You're you would have been on that, that Senate hearing or whatever oh, it was, yeah. weren't, wouldn't you, Tom? No, <laughs> I didn't give a sh- I wouldn't give a shit about that. But it, if like the. The movie violence stuff. The the dude who did um oh that was pretty cool to know that he's still working that guy yeah the guy that night did trap. Uh, night trap night trap the night trap stuff was great yeah mm-hmm. that was so cool I didn't realize cause I've seen uh there's a a YouTuber who has uh reviewed these games and he but he doesn't go into it like that where you know they wanted it to be one way but the studio really tinkered with it to the point where it was almost, like, unrecognizable, right? They had well, to make up enemies, essentially. Well, yeah, because they, they didn't want them... They didn't want, to like, like it to be vi- to be violent. They didn't want... There it couldn't to, be real wanted, violence. Right. He wanted to use vampires, and they said no. Right, because they, use they ninjas. Bite. He wanted them to use ninjas, they said no. Like, it was... Ninja vampires. Right. They wanted, <laughs> they wanted ninja vampires, and they turned into these zombie-type things, which was... Which so kind of... Kind of worked for for the for that game. I feel like, I've but played um, it. so that game's really interesting in the fact that it's like a, it's it's almost like a choose your own adventure type thing. Mm-hmm. It's an so it it basically if you've seen Five Nights at Freddy's, yes, um, I was thinking that the whole time. Yeah, that game is pretty much is. based off of Night Trap. All the games like that are based off of these FMV games from back the Sega CD games. Basically, any Sega CD game was very similar to that. 
Yeah, there, there was another one, Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. Right. That was an FMV game. But it's a choose-your-own-adventure where... Right, where you're you know, trying to get laid. No, it's... uh, Well, sort of. You're, you are you take over a plumber, and, and then you take over this woman who's looking for a job, and then she's sexually assaulted, essentially, oh. at, at work. That's or at the... Yeah, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's a very strange game. But, I mean, that's... I think it was supposed to be more... These games were meant to be more mature. Right. Right. They were meant for adults because that's, yeah. that's one of the main draws of a Sega system was that it's for adults. You're right. Sega um, does what, what Nintendo, Nintendo don't. I kept <laughs> saying you, that over and over yeah, again. Yes, they did. <laughs> if, if you want to know more about Night Trap, uh, there is a, a YouTube channel called My Life in Gaming, which kind of is the reason that this podcast exists. They did a like an hour-long documentary on Night Trap by itself so if you're interested in that i'd recommend going and checking that out um jen what is what are you what some of the thoughts you had on this yeah as someone who as you all know by now um i didn't grow up playing a lot of you know retro games per se i found it to be really interesting i learned a lot that i didn't already know um i really liked i well i got so much more respect it's funny you guys already kind of talked about this i have so much more respect for doom now realizing that it was really, you know, it paved the way for all of our favorite, you know, FPS games. Um, and I didn't really, I didn't really know that, you know, honestly, I, I knew it was a great game and, and it was, you know, one of the first of its kind. I didn't realize it was the first FPS game. And on top of that, it, you know, opened the doors for, you know, that kind of multiplayer gaming. I thought that was really interesting. Um, I agree. I think that, uh, that guy is definitely very into himself. And he looks like Dan Fogler, right? <laughs> and he does not look like Dan Fogler or he whatever his does. name was. You agreed with me like two minutes ago. <laughs> he, he does not. We're going to no. go ahead and put it on record. He does not look like him. <laughs> Maybe we'll post it on the Twitter and do a poll. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but um, yeah, the stuff like that in the documentary was very interesting to me. Um, as you guys also said, I really liked how they got into some of the regular people that had played the games and won the competitions you know i love going to conventions and and all of that so i felt that was a little bit more relatable to everybody you know you look back at at yourself when you were a kid playing these games and you're like oh you know as tom said i would have been in the same boat i never would have been able to do that i would have choked hardcore as you guys all saw me fail at mario 64 miserably over and over and over again um but it's cool it's cool to see real people you know going into these competitions and they were insanely good at these games um i kind of do wish there was a little bit more of that in the documentary um but i enjoyed the interviews with the creators the artists the the japanese uh creators they were really funny they you could tell they just had so many amazing ideas and it was great to see where they were drawing their inspiration from like Star Fox, they were walking underneath the what do you call them like the archways yeah um you know they pulled that from from japanese architecture and that's just that's the kind of stuff that i guess artistically made me really interested in the documentary so i I really enjoyed the creation process and being able to like you know take a glimpse into the mind of of these people um i feel like to me maybe i don't know if you guys would agree i feel like it could have been a little bit longer of a series i think it was only six episodes right i think so yeah Yeah, it was a i mean that's kind of how they've been doing these netflix documentary stuff like i feel Mm -hmm. like toys toys that made us started as like a six six episode thing 
Uh, same thing with with most like movies that made us. They have they're all really short. So I'm hoping they'll do like another season. Yeah, um, I feel like they can go into more detail. But they could have slowed it down a little bit and like dug in a little bit more. Um, it, but hopefully, like you said, if they come out with another season, they can focus on you know even more stuff. Yeah, it was the the one weird thing about this documentary to me was they started chronologically mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they just went all over the place they yeah. were, I, I don't know why they chose that like if you're going to go chronologically just go chronologically don't like do you know don't do the first video game and then atari and then arcades and then all of and then like the nes and then all of a sudden go everywhere else yeah, they I do revisit say, Atari again at one point. Yeah, right. they kind of like right. start focusing on genre more yeah. than chronological. Yeah, that was a little confusing. Yeah, I mean that's that's like one of the only downsides I could say to this. Uh, aside from what Ant said, like if it's very it's very surface level. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure Mark wanted it to be darker and longer and grittier. Yeah, grittier. <laughs> yeah. Fifteen fifteen minutes longer each episode. So, yeah. Just, just ten more episodes. Right. This is just ten well, more. We just get a little bit more of an explanation to each. You know. <laughs> I, w- I want to know the exact details of each one of Roberto and Ken Williams' dinners. Explain games to them. Yeah. Am I am I the only one that actually took part in the blockbuster video game competition too at their local blockbuster? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a blockbuster in my town when I was a kid. I wasn't allowed to go. We didn't I'm have a blockbuster. Oh. I failed at blockbuster. Uh, <laughs> we didn't have a blockbuster in Jackson until like we were going to college or high school. Oh, that's right. There was right. a Hollywood they, movies. When, there was a Hollywood video. There's Hollywood well, video. That, there's local places. Right, and there was the Ippies that everybody would go to. Ippies video, video and Howl, right? Right. Yep. And Seagirt, according to the commercial. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. <but laughs> went to Seagirt. There wasn't. A video game store right on the corner, like right when that that little uh, mini plaza, Tom, right by, like you know what I'm talking about, the the corner right behind where John lived. I know we're getting kind of like personal here. Uh, yeah, we're get we're getting very uh, local. Uh, yeah, I thought there was like a little mini uh, mini plaza there that had a video game store. I could be wrong though. Not I don't you. Think so. Yeah, yeah there, there wasn't. There was an arcade in Jackson. There was. Mm. Which I was awesome. I had I had many a many a vi- a uh, birthday video game birthday there. Yeah, the best yeah. place to have a birthday. I had a birthday. The roller rink. I think my eighth birthday. Aww. The, it was awesome because that you your parents obviously would pay for time, and then you'd go in and everything was on free play, so you could play any game you wanted as long as you oh, wanted. Wow. We didn't have that. That's awesome. Day. Fantastic. It was so good. Yeah. But like kids would start playing like the Simpsons game or Turtles, and then all of a sudden they'd have ADD moment and they just walk <laughs> off. <And> they <laughs> were stuck dragging their character along the rest of the game. Right. So you'd, have, you'd have four characters and you'd be the only one playing Turtles, and you'd have to walk every. Uh, every joystick over with you but it was great yeah, i would just watch the older kids play that was always fun i i loved it though it was like uh turtles in time simpsons x-men yeah i just watch them yeah i kind of i'm i'm kind of sad they didn't really go into detail on like more modern arcades i feel like they kind of, they with street fighter they kind of did and then they, that was it yeah mortal kombat like... street fighter and then the I... earlier games pac-man mm-hmm. and Right. I feel like there was a lot of stuff they could have gone into. Maybe like we said, maybe they're saving it for another season. Yeah. Um, they didn't really get into like three D gaming. They didn't really get into like Super Mario sixty four. Like I feel like oh, yeah. they 
there was a a, a lot of stuff like the Nintendo 64, the PlayStation One. Mm-hmm. I feel like they really could have gone in depth there because I feel like to to me at least that's kind of when gaming started to go mainstream. Yeah. I don't know if they were trying to stay away from that. I don't know. Sure. I, I don't like I said. That's season be, two. There's going to yeah. be a whole episode dedicated to the Virtual Boy. No, to the N64, <laughs> the greatest console of all time. 100%. It wasn't overthinking <laughs> enough. <laughs> Fucking rumble pack. <laughs> God, they yeah. have I, I would just like them. a, I would love an episode for season two, just uh, the inner workings of Sega from '95 to 2000, like well, the, the Saturn the, to Dreamcast. You the, know, the just shit how show they, that was Sega there. Yeah, <laughs> just how they fell off the map. Nintendo you know? owns Sega now, doesn't it? Or well, no, no Sega's a publisher, but yeah, they're I've they're heard, basically they work together. Okay. I've heard Microsoft was going to buy Sega. I don't but know if that's really going to happen. <laughs> I was waiting right. for that. <laughs> right. So yeah. So Microsoft just bought Bethesda. We should have talked about that, but y- you've already heard about it, I'm sure, by now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess that's a good question. Like, what if there's a season two? What would you guys want covered in it? Hmm. Well, like uh, uh, to start, I would want them to talk about kind of Final the Fantasy. evolution <laughs> of the um, console wars, because it kind of went from a two horse race to a three horse race back to a two horse race really fast because mm-hmm. it's kind of kind of the the evolution of 3d gaming and the downfall of sega at the same time they could probably split that up into two episodes but um i would like to see that okay yeah because like there's see- oh, sorry go ahead yeah there's so much that that just that one episode i love because there's so much that sega did with those two consoles that were like way ahead of their time and nobody or never the technology wasn't even ready for it like the dreamcast had like broadband internet connection that you could play online you know with your friends and like nobody had a broadband connection you know nobody had friends either exactly (laughs) um so you know that having that and you know at the time they were doing the sega channel which is basically like a precursor all this game pass stuff you know and just it was just so that that time period just so crazy and then the you know the rise of sony at that point you know you can like how they do half and half you could have the uh, whole Sony, the Nintendo PlayStation or Sony PlayStation that was supposed to be um, coming out and to and them breaking off and being their own company and basically flipping everything um, at that moment. It's very it's very interesting time. And yeah, the the other episode that I would love to see is just the uh, just going to modern arcades. Like you'd probably focus more in Japan because it's a whole different arcade culture there. Um, than it is, like, arcades basically don't exist now, um, except for, like, a Dave & Buster's and stuff like that. And a lot of it is console games, you know, like, they have Guitar Hero setups and things like that in the Dave & Buster's um, in America. And just that that evolution and the um, how it went one way in one country and another way in another country would be interesting for me. Anybody else have any? Um, I would love for them to go into the open world rpg type games like um i know i mean they also barely touched on pc gaming um which was really mostly the last episode with doom i think um so i would like to maybe gay blade huh gay blade i think they did oh they did too yeah well it wasn't yeah it wasn't a ton of pc gaming in general that they covered so maybe they could do you know some more of that um and then just to look into you know how the the open world games came to be as well kind of tie that in there i think that'd be interesting yeah, I'd I agree. Like to see... I... Oh, I'm sorry, Tom. Go ahead. It's okay. 
Uh, I was just going to say, I think PC gaming is a huge thing in in itself, and I feel like they could definitely fill a whole episode with the evolution of PC gaming. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For Go sure. ahead, Dan. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of maybe introducing some of the new genres, maybe, like survival horror with Resident Evil and um, Silent Hill. Silent Hill, for sure. And just, I, because I, I like how they, they kind of broke it down a little bit there where, you know, they did the first person shooters, they did the fighting game. But um, yeah, I think if they kind of delve into just one episode for that, I think that'd be really cool. Cause that, it's not very often that you get new genres in video games, especially now. I feel like everything, oh, not, not every, maybe not everything, but a lot has been touched upon. So yeah. Yeah. I, and obviously the, xbox and playstation wars that you guys were talking about i think that would be a lot of fun to to watch yeah they could do a whole episode on just microsoft getting into the gaming sure. world they, they, they kind even... of they kind of touched on the competitiveness like the uh um like the old old sports oh yeah that's true they, they touched that's, on that's it. right that was really interesting too yeah because I, I think i mean it's they only really talked about street fighter for the esports, but I mean, there's everything, right? Mm-hmm. There's like Fortnite, there's Starcraft, Overwatch. Overwatch. Now Dead by Daylight's breaking into that too. I don't think that's true. Unfortunately. <laughs> I hate you. I Pretty think they're much actually any that multiplayer down. game can be yeah. esports at this point. Yeah, I I know Wait. for a fact, a cold hard fact that we were taping esports not too long ago, and like they were sports specials, so. And there are some esports players that make more than athletes. Yeah, that's oh, what yeah. we were talking about. Fifteen-year-old kids who Crazy. are awesome at StarCraft are making, you know, like fifteen million dollars a year. That's crazy. They have yeah, they nuts. have college esports teams now. Like you can get a uh, scholarship, a scholarship to go to college and be and play a a PC game or whatever, or Call of Duty or whatever. That's the only hope our child would have. <laughs> our kid's going to be a dummy. For oh, my sure. God. <laughs> for sure, dummy. Oh, my God. Well, look who he has to raise him or her. <laughs> I blame it. Just it's out of left field. There it's it all is. both of us. It's not just me. All right? Because I'm terrible at math. Let's, let's move on from this really fast. <laughs> and what would you want to see? Uh, I want to see a whole episode on conspiracy theories, specifically Polybius. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I just want to. I want them to to the greatest game that no one's ever played that killed people, (laughs) allegedly. (laughs) What about the the one with Guillermo del Toro? It was supposed to be Silent Hill. Oh, PT. Yeah, Yeah, PT. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, games that were supposed to come out. Yeah, we mentioned that in another episode. This is why we always hang out with Anthony because he comes up with the good (laughs) shit. (laughs) Everyone else just kicks the tires. Yeah, well, Polybius is was like is a conspiracy of there was this unmarked arcade cabinet that was only released in like like two or something arcades in like Washington state and kids wound up having seizures after playing it. And then like these cabinets got uh, uh, like taken away by guys in black suits and stuff like that. It's a whole creepy pasta thing, right? Yeah. Ah. I mean, you can even talk about the dangers of video games. I mean, there are kids who have played video games for days straight and, and died. And died. Yeah. 
I don't need a special. I don't need a very special episode. I don't need any of that. I won't. Why not? That's video games, man. No, I want to talk about like the Pokemon, the Pokemon soundtrack giving kids like depression. Oh, Lavender Town. That nobody knew that tune when I asked you guys. Yep. <laughs> that's what uh, i want to yeah. see yeah. Yeah. i want to i want to hear about all the gaming uh urban legends that we heard as kids mm-hmm. that that weren't real and were total oh, bullshit like in mortal Kombat, there was one like it, there was a character called like red robin or something like that and he was he was a ninja just all all in red but he was a special character and like there was only a certain way to find him and I would I look for him, but I couldn't find him. So is it an urban legend, or did you just not find him? No, it's an urban legend. No, it's oh, an urban. Okay. They're like oh, an urban like legend just... that, like in in Pokemon, that you could oh, move Mew. the truck up near the SSN, and there would be Mew there, or you know, or some legendary Pokemon that. The Tomb Raider nude code, getting yeah. Luigi right. in Super Mario sixty four. I think the nude code is real. It's not real. It might be real now because sure? someone hacked it at some Maybe. point. It, it, hacking it and it being oh. in the game are two totally different things. It's not real. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, Dan. Dan's remember, like, I, I remember printing out pages of how to get Luigi in Super Mario 64 <laughs> off of <laughs> I Game heard, Facts I and spending, no, spending hours trying to do it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because someone would literally take all the time to write out this super detailed yeah. instructions on how to do it. The first stars. Then you gotta go into the cannon outside to go see Yoshi, and then you can't. You have to jump off of there, and then you have to swim around the whole lake without touching the side. And yeah, kids are stupid. And I fucking. The funny part is the big mega leak that happened is that, um, like somebody hacked into Nintendo's stuff and all that. Is that there's actually code in the code for a Luigi. They just never finished it. Like they were thinking of doing like two-player like they've done with every other mario well yeah, they found his point. model right yeah they found the character model yeah but they didn't fin- like make it playable they didn't give it any animations or anything like that uh, but yeah the uh the the mortal Kombat thing um there i forget the name of the character but there is actually one that like a gaming magazine ran as an april fool's joke um that there was a special character in mortal Kombat to get it's not red robin it was something something else, and they re- smoke. Re- no, no, it was like like Shao Kahn, like one of those like. Noob um, Sabot. Oh no, I know which one you're talking about. Oh no, no, yeah, that was yeah. Street Fighter. Or is that Street Fighter? Yeah, w- one of them. Yeah, the and they wrote a big from... long article, and like it was one of those things where the first letter of each thing said like this is fake or something like that, uh-huh. or this is not real. The first letter of each paragraph. Um, and they wrote a big full page article. And even in the, um, in the magazine, uh, like below the actual fake article, it's so great. They ran a contest for find the April fool's prank in this magazine. And the ad to enter the contest was right under the actual (laughs) fake news story. You know, that was the, that would win the people the prize. And he said, you don't know how many people would send us in the entire page. Sheng, and like, Sheng oh, Long. Winner. And then they of. would mark a different page. <laughs> Sheng Long is the character Shang we're Long. thinking of. Yeah. It was a Street Fighter 2 character yeah. that EGM made up. EGM. That was it. That was magazine. But yeah, that, that's my favorite part of that magazine thing is that the contest for the April Fool's prank is on the same page as the actual April Fool's prank. Yep. And <laughs> it's just great. But yeah, yeah they that's could a do a fun one, one too. For those of us that um, 
like had a lot of gaming magazines growing up. There was a, uh, a reviewer for, I think, GamePro or maybe it was EGM, you know, known as Sushi X. And it was like, you know, nobody knew who it was. And it's like rumored that it was like four different people, you know, throughout the history of Sushi X. So just one of those, you know, Pseudonym when they look into the bloom, if they do, do, if they do an episode on video game magazine, um, you know, that would be a cool little side tangent thing. I don't even I think they'll say come that. out with the second season, though. <laughs> we have all these ideas right. and they're not going to do it. <laughs> I, we'll send them a list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dear I'm, still, I'm still waiting for movies that made us season two. It's well, been... yeah, I mean, they, but they made toys that made us three seasons. So you never know. They might they might feel like, oh, all of a sudden they're going to they got time. So they're going to do the movies that made us. And then this. Yeah. Yeah. They they have to line up interviews. Yeah, that's true, too. Essential. Now, Ant, I know you wanted to discuss some other documentaries, possibly, or uh, related to I, I want to go through them real quick, just sure. because we've been talking for just a long time. I just want to talk about, because I, I had gone into kind of a, uh, a rabbit hole during this pandemic of watching a whole bunch of uh, video game documentaries. Uh, the two that I want to, uh, first of all, King of Kong is probably still one of my favorite documentaries, let alone video game documentaries. If you haven't watched that, it's fantastic. It's a whole movie about Coen Brothers characters come to life. <laughs> King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters. Everybody is more crazy than the next person. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think plenty of has been said about that. Atari Game Over is uh, about unearthing, as Mark mentioned, about uh, E.T. being buried in the New Mexico desert. Uh, all the E.T. games. Uh it's 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 an okay documentary. What I like a, a lot about it is the story about Howard Scott Warshaw, who was the game designer on that, because uh, he was a very successful up until that point. He was a very successful as a game designer, and this act basically ended his career, uh, despite the fact as he as Mark had mentioned, he basically did the impossible of creating a game in five weeks, and then he kind of was left holding the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, would never really did much more than that, but he like Yara's Revenge and the Indiana Jones and the Temp- and uh, Rage of the Lost Ark video game he did. All three of those games, including E.T., sold like a million copies. So all three games he designed sold a million copies, he likes to say. But it was an interesting documentary just for his story more than any. He kind of gives a little bit of an insight of kind of how crazy of an environment it was to work at Atari at that time because it was all like... 23 year old kids with disposable income so you know lots of coke lots of <laughs> lots of weed lots of drinking and just kind of like they had carte blanche it was just like uh, guys just staying in the office all all hours on end just getting pumping out games so uh that was an interesting one and one that's like a little small story which i really thought it was heartfelt was nintendo quest it's about uh, a guy that's like he works at a video game store it's like a canadian movie uh, his name is Jay Bartlett, and then his uh, friends who were like filmmakers decided, because he was a collector of Nintendo games, and so they kind of issued him a challenge, and it goes, they go on a road trip, and the quest is, in 30 days, he has to acquire all 678 licensed NES games. He can't buy any of them on online, and he has to buy all of them. So, so he probably already had a collection of like 200, but he had to start from zero, and buy them all. And I think he gets pretty close, but he doesn't make it. Spoiler alert. But it's a really interesting journey about this guy. And they go, they go into his like backstory of his, of his life. And like, 
you know, how, how he's kind of, how these guys who were his friends are trying to get him out of his shell by doing this. And it was really kind of an interesting story of this, you know, small kind of group of friends that went on this journey with him. It's an interesting story. A lot of nostalgia just to see like all the games that he winds up getting, talking about all the games that are like his white whales. Um, but it was just fascinating. And those are the three that I want to talk about. There's also Power of Glove, which is really surface level story about the the Power Glove, but not really much to write home about in that one. That's all I yeah, got. I mean, yeah, those are all very good documentaries. So I have not watched the 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 last one you were just talking about, but yeah. like just the getting Nintendo World Championships, I can't imagine how the guy would have done that because that game is like. I believe that one doesn't count because they had like it had to be released for purchase. Okay. Okay. So like Nintendo World Champions, and then there was a couple of others that were like released as like giveaways or, uh, you know, as as prizes. Those didn't count. Okay. So that makes it a little more fair. Does he make a stop at uh, what's his name's house? He probably could have gotten a good amount of games there. um, The AVGN. Uh, He does not. Um, but he he does. He does get a he does like knock out a, a bunch in one because he like just visits with some friends that are also collectors. It and he's from Canada, so I don't know if he makes it all the way to Jersey. He does he does uh-huh. they do cross the border. They go into they they do go into the U.S. and I think they wind up in like uh, northern Pennsylvania and I think they make it more towards the Midwest. They hit some a bunch of places. They might hit up that place that Tom talks about in Ohio. I don't remember officially, but they might. That's cool. Yeah, it's really like a sweet story. Um, like with Nintendo nostalgia wrapped around it. So many bad Nintendo games. Yeah, I yes, I there venture are. there were more bad games than sure. I mean, it's just like it. It's a it's amazing that it the video games didn't crash again just because of some of the horrible games that were on the NES. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I mean, because you generally when you hear people talk about NES games, they talk about the same like twenty. Right. After that, after that, everything's kind of eh. But I guess at the time, I, you're also you also have to think about the the time that they were they were being released and there wasn't anything else. So I don't know. But there's definitely some bad ones for sure. Tom, it, how's that possible that they released bad games? They all got the Nintendo Seal of Quality. Well, that's the that's the, other, that's the other thing is that the Seal <laughs> of Quality existed to to erase that. Too many LJN games. That was the oh. issue. Oh, you mean uh, is is that was LGN Konami or Capcom? No, LGN was no. its own thing. Yeah, LGN it was its own was, publisher. Oh no, I'm thinking of Ultra. Ultra is Konami. Yeah, Ultra, Ultra's Konami. Ultra yeah. is who made the freaking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Because yeah, whether you don't know out there, Nintendo limited how many games a publisher could make in one year. So, so they had to make up their Konami own and all developed created other companies to be able to make more games. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, so continuing on documentaries, if you like video game documentaries, there's a really good YouTube channel called the video game historian. He's done a really good videos on like Tetris and super Mario brothers two. I just watched the other day. Um, U S or actual two, uh, U S and how it came to be. He talks about the whole, the whole, the whole game in general. He starts from, uh, what we know as the Lost Levels, and he goes to how it became Super Mario Brothers 2. I think I've actually seen that. Yeah, so he's, he does a lot of really good ones. Um, also, uh, like I said before, there's a, another channel called My Life in Gaming. They've done a few um, a few documentary-style 
videos as well. They did one on Mist, which I think you guys would enjoy. Mm-hmm. I know Jen would enjoy a, a Mist documentary. Yep, definitely. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and just to throw um, in there, um, I recommend also, uh, as I mentioned earlier, check out uh, No Clip. They uh, they like embed themselves with the developers, so it's more like mo- more modern stuff with a little bit of historical to it like he embedded at one point with um you know the developers of doom and then he was just with hades with super giant and um you know it's a really good one on arcane studios where he went there and did you know the whole history of that studio um so if you're looking for a lot of you know positive you know uh stuff um where they don't really push in interviews but do get a lot of good stories out of it um, and just give you the history of a lot of the, you know, modern companies, you know, today and, you know, their history in video gaming. I'd, I'd recommend no clip. Uh, question, Mark. Do you feel like yeah. the stories are compromised at all because they have such um, involvement with the actual, sto- uh, you know, companies that are they're talking about? Um, like, do they I just say, feel like puff pieces? No, um, I, I say for the for the most part, um, because the guy that runs it, uh, Danny O'Dwyer was, you know, um, you know, in uh, was a video game journalist and had done, you know, has that history of, you know, just using his connections there to make these. But what I mean by soft is not they're slightly puff pieces in the sense that obviously getting all that access there, he's not going to dive into some, you know, he's not going to talk about crunch with them or anything like that. You know, any of the ugly stuff with games. But um, if, if you go in there and you just want to know what you're doing, what they're doing and just the history and uh, especially the arcane one, they show a lot of um, uh, they show a lot of art and stuff for an unreleased game um, that they did. I think they're working with Spielberg or somebody like that um, on a game, um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, like I said, if you're, it, like a lot of the other YouTube channels we mentioned probably go a little deeper because they don't you know um you know they're they're looking more to get the story out there and he's just looking to just promote you know the these great stories um yeah yeah like yeah i i think i more trust that they don't have editorial control if if that's what you were meaning over it uh i'm asking i'm asking about ethics and journalism i guess but uh (laughs) we could go on (laughs) yeah Uh, we got this far without it All right. Well, now that we've exhausted that topic, let's <laughs> let's move on to our retro roulette game, which was aggressive inline for the Nintendo GameCube. Uh, now, as I stated last podcast, this was kind of in the Tony Hawk era, so it's kind of Tony Hawk esque. Um, the music is very much the same. Uh, yeah. I feel like so I played this on stream and we weren't able to use the music at the time. And I, I had a much different experience than when I did use the music. So uh, let that tell you something about the game. Um, so yeah, it came out on the Xbox GameCube and PlayStation two. When I was a kid, I had it on the PlayStation two, but this was the GameCube edition. Um, since Jen actually has some experience with this game, I'd like to hear her thoughts. Yeah. Um, so I was excited that this came out as a retro lit game because I did I did play it in the past. Um, I have a lot of fond memories of playing games like this with my brother when we were growing up. Um, mostly ta- Tony Hawk, but we did play this game as well. Um, 
like you said, Tom, the music is one of the best parts of the game. Right when you boot it up, I forget now. I should have wrote it down. The song that plays, I was like, Who hell was yeah. Yeah, there you go. Who was saying? We were talking about it on the stream. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, I haven't heard this song in literally forever. It's just, ooh, sorry. Some of the best songs are, are in what, this game. What Hoobasang song is it? I don't remember. I have to look it up. It's the it's one so that they're most, they're most popular yeah, song. Yeah, hold on. Crawling in the, the Reason? Oh, uh, no, Crawling <laughs> in the Dark. Yeah, is it Dare You to Move? That's not Hoobasang. Oh, I was going to say. I'm like, that's... Crawling in the Dark. Uh, I remember that song. Is it, is it Crawling in the Dark? I forget. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's definitely yeah. Crawling in the Dark. <laughs> But yeah, so the music's great. Um, the game is a little complicated in in which you have to go through that tutorial, which I'll just say that I've never done that. So that would explain why I'm not that great at it. Um, but you go through the tutorial as if anyone watched Tom go through it on stream. It probably took like 20 minutes, right? It, it was a, a long less. tutorial. Yeah, it, it was, was a long tutorial. Short. And there is a lot that you can do, which is great. If you are able to memorize it all, which you pretty much did, Tom. Um, so, I mean, if you're not into games that are, you know, like sort of complicated, maybe this isn't the best. But, I mean, you can literally just skate around. It's totally open to you. You unlock parts of the map as you go, which I really thought was interesting. Um, and it kind of just seems, you know, you start out and it seems like a small area that you're in. But as you go through the map and you unlock things and you do challenges, it really opens up into this very interesting, you know, depending on where you are. You could be on a um, movie set. There was like a little winter town. Um, it's just pretty cool. Um, I also got a kick out of uh, when you would roll, uh, when you would skate past somebody and like bump into them, they would say something really ridiculous. Like you bumped into a girl and she's like, oh my God, my nail. It's just like the stupidest <laughs> early 20s stuff that they put in there. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, the only gripe that I had with this game when you're, or big gripe anyway, when you're going through character selection, you have all of these professional skaters and then your two female skaters are like Michelle and Christine. And like, they couldn't even have given them a last name to make it seem like they were real. <laughs> it just was lame to me. And, and of course, and, and one was in like a schoolgirl costume. Yes. And you would see straight up her skirt half the time. And the other one was like the typical skater girl, which is fine. Um, but like, I was talking to Dan about it after I played and I'm like, no, I'm not really one to pull this card, but you're telling me that there was not a professional inline skater, like a vert skater. That was a girl that you could have gone to and said, Hey, can we put you in our game? I don't think women were allowed to inline skate until no. recently. <laughs> I shouldn't have paused. Uh, um, so I looked up Fabiola da Silva was one uh, from back then. She, so she was very good. She was yeah. better than a lot of the guys. She was great. I was I was reading up on her. So I was like, you know, it would have been so great to have, you know, real female inline skaters in the game. So that's what I'm saying about that. She probably wouldn't let them uh, sh shoot up her skirt. Yeah, I know that that one character was, it was. Of course, I played as her, but it was just, yeah, it was very cringy. Fine. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, cringy. But yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say overall, had a really fun time playing this game. I played it 15 minutes after we rolled retro roulette, so I was right all about it from the very start. <laughs> uh, Aunt and Dan, you guys, you well, Dan, you you watch Jen play, and Aunt, do you have any experience with this? I, I, I figure we could get you guys out of the way so you don't have to like sit and wait for us and then say two words and not. <laughs> not uh, know I, I don't. I remember this game. I don't remember ever playing it, but I I do distinctly remember this game. Uh, I I had a GameCube, but 
for for whatever reason ever pick this up rental or otherwise but that's it dan and i didn't watch any of it no he actually wasn't here when i played it yeah oh. i missed out oh. on it i apologize but i'll i'll make it up i thought no. When no, I was I watching, it, play, it was totally rad, oh my God. and I was having a bitchin' time watching. She was. Is there any the offspring app. on the soundtrack? I don't think so. No, let's look it up. Uh, uh, yeah, game. you know what? I'll, I'll look. It, I'll look up. I'll look it up. Just, what about just some, to appease uh, Ant. <laughs> what about uh, oh, what uh, not three doors down? Would three doors down be on that? Is that too late? Um, it's real big. Too late. What Real Big Fish, 20? Sublime, The Vandals, Hoobastank, obviously, The Ataris, Anthrax, uh, Saliva, Black saliva. Sheep, P.O.D. Uh, oh, yeah, this was right when Saliva was getting big. Oh, my God, I love that yeah. song. <laughs> they don't do that. I'm going to go and download the soundtrack after we're done. I the hope they did I Feel So Alive and not uh, Youth of the Nation, because that's, no, that's a very <laughs> heavy it's song. It's Youth of the, of the Nation. Nation. Is yeah. it? That's P.O.D. Yeah. yeah. And it's P-O-D. on here. Yep. The Ataris were in it. Yep. They had Sublime, for God's sake. Right. Yeah. How are you going to have Sublime and then Youth of the Nation? In it? That's a heavy I song. No, man. <laughs> they had Hoopastank. Just... Nobody yeah. had Hoopastank in, uh, on any of this I'm, stuff. I'm just saying, in, in terms of everything is lighthearted and just chill, and then you get they Youth also, of the Nation, which is about like had, shooting up places. They also had Eric B. and Rakim. They had Don't Sweat the Technique, which is, in my opinion, one of the best hip-hop songs of all time. Sure. So <laughs> that means no idea. <laughs> I like it. I feel I feel like they had a good mix of, of it music. was great. I love it and I'm gonna download it. No, you're not. Yes, I I'm am. Not letting you. Oh. All right, Mark. Yeah. Let's yeah, let's so hear the uh the first things first, uh for some reason the totally legal way I tried to play this game on GameCube did not work, so I had to download the PS2 version um to play it. Uh so um I got to enjoy the long load times on the PS2. Um, despite it being on my computer. Um, the one thing that this game allowed me to understand is, and Tom also discouraged me, is realize that uh, maybe I shouldn't spend 40 bucks on Tony Hawk just because it's popular. <laughs> maybe I wouldn't be any good at it because I am absolutely terrible at this game. Um, I didn't even finish the tutorial because it got to like the wall skating thing and I could not get that to work. Yeah, that's hard. Um, oh, I was having a tough time with that too. And, uh, and then I had to get 5,000 points in one trick or something, and mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. So, yeah, I went through the movie level, did that for about an hour or two. Um, it, but, yeah, it just showed me I was not any good to the point where, you know, I couldn't do any of the challenges, and um, I just wasn't working. But what I can say is that despite my lack of ability in it... Uh, <laughs> Mark's an indoor kid, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the... I got to say, um, the controls were fine. They weren't the reason I wasn't any good at it. Um, you know, just the, the only thing that was that I didn't really like was the hold and then let go of X to jump um, thing. Well, that's that's oh. any Tony Hawk game. Yeah, but I, I, I haven't played since I played 3 when it first came out, and I only played that for a couple hours and probably realized why while playing this game. <laughs> um, is there, is yeah. there a version of Gleaming the Cube for inline skating? Uh yes, it's called uh Brink. Mm, or Brink, Airplane. yeah. Uh, Brink. that's not fun. You never saw Brink? No, that, but that's probably why like inline skating died. Oh, pretty much. They, it they probably didn't have is. Cool Soul games. Skaters Unite. Yeah, if we're talking about movies around gleaming the cube, it would be Airborne. Um, oh, that's, oh, that's right. Fun. I forgot about Airborne. With that's Seth right. Green. 
Um, and Jack oh, that's Black. That's even worse. Jack Black. <laughs> um, Seth Green. That's the a devil's no backbone. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys, the... you guys should totally watch that next week. Yep. <laughs> well, it's Halloween. Is it's, it a horror movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's October horrible. next week. my pick if it's streaming when we come back from Halloween. Um, <laughs> You'll forget. But, yeah, the... I'm, I'm counting on it. <laughs> the music is by far the best part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it sent me back, like when I was playing MVP Baseball 05, it sent me back to a mindset of sitting down and playing games with this type of soundtrack on it in that time period. You know, yeah. just these songs um, just in, encapsulate such a moment in time in in video games. Um, Tony Hawk probably has the same way if I played through those. Um, but yeah, it was, it didn't seem like it was a bad game. So, um, you know, can't really say that. Um, it's just, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't having any fun with it because I wasn't any good at it. Not the game's fault. Um, and I also had other games I was more, you know, into and better at that I that I could play in the meantime. But I'm glad I did play it because it might save me money until Tony Hawk's like ten bucks, you know, the new one, and I might pick it up on sale um, just to try it out, or if it ends up on Game Pass or anything, if you know. Um, so yeah, yeah, that that's that was basically my review of a couple hours of Aggressive Inline. Nice. Well, I I enjoyed it. Just because I have nostalgia goggles yet again. Uh, when I was playing it on stream, there was some weird stuff going on. I don't know what. Yeah, it was weird. What, like for some reason, some of the challenges weren't working. But I'm probably I'm probably sure it was the way I was playing it. I don't know because I have a GameCube with where you can use a a memory card to load games, and that's what I was doing. But I put the disc in, and it worked fine. So it may have been that. Who knows. Uh, but yeah, the music was like the one of the biggest parts of this uh, game. I had forgotten about the music, but as soon as it the the soundtrack kicked on, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this game mm-hmm. now. Um, my brother and I spent hours playing this game because at the time it, you were either a skateboarder or you were aggressive inline skater. My brother and I were not very good at skateboarding, so we're like, we could we could rollerblade really well. well so let's get into that this. We picked the wrong team, <laughs> but um, we thought this game was awesome. I I still think it's pretty good. Uh, some people go out on a limb and say that it's better than Tony Hawk Four. I w- I don't know about that, but um, the freedom you have in this game is incredible. You can there's no like there's no timer. Uh, you don't have to worry about like doing challenges in any specific order. You it gives you a list. You can go and do them if you want, or you can just skate around and and do whatever you want. Um, and I I think that's a a really good thing. It's kind of how Tony Hawk games progressed. Um, like I said, this came out this came out between Tony Hawk three and four, and this game did the whole frame roving thing, and then all of a sudden Tony Hawk was doing it. So I feel like it may have uh, stolen a couple things from this game. There are also interesting moves that you could do, like you could. You could like vault off of stuff and you could hang on to poles and like spin around the poles and it would shoot you up in the air and stuff and get you into special areas that you couldn't normally get to. Um, there was a lot of exploring. It was it was kind of like an adventure game and a skating game put into one. Say what you will about aggressive inline skating and how much it did not, uh, you know, blow up like like skateboarding did after Tony Hawk. But uh it's a lot of fun in game form i feel like 
you are limited in what you can do just because you're limited in inline skating to begin with. Uh, you can only hold your skates so many ways before before it becomes the same thing over and over and over, which is like the only downside I can I can think of. Um, but you know, if you if you had any nostalgia for skating at all, like we we're joking about Brink, but if Brink was a movie that you really enjoyed as a kid and you like the Tony Hawk games, I think this is a perfect game to pick up and play. Um, and it's available on all kinds of different systems, and it's like $5 at the most if you wanted to buy like a real copy. It's super cheap, which is why I have it for the GameCube, because it was like $4 when I bought it. Um, but I guess we should get scores. Uh, Mark, you want to, yeah. what's, what kind of score are we going to give it? Yeah, so... Being that the game was actually good and, and my playing was the thing behind it, you know, I'll give it a, since we do a five point system here, you know, give it a, you know, 3.5, which would have been a seven out of 10, just a very good game. Um, you know, not, you know, probably a little overrated in some cases from people, but definitely very playable. It's not like um, I spent like 15 minutes trying to play Dave Muir bmx and that was not great for me even worse than this the fact that i made it a few hours just as a testament to how the controls feel and how the game actually plays so i think it's a solid you know three and a half out of five jen um i'm gonna give it i'm gonna be stupid and give it a 4.3 <laughs> um because I, I feel like it deserves a little more than a four um like i said before and, and we all said it by now then the music is amazing in this game it's a hundred percent nostalgia goggles for me as well, but this game is just awesome. So that's what I'm giving it. Okay. I'm going to give it a four just because I feel like if I had it on the right console and I was using the right controller, PlayStation two, uh, I could play this game for hours. Playing on the GameCube controller was a little weird just because of the button layout and all kinds of stuff that I'm not used to. But, um, I'd give it, I'm going to give it a, a solid four. Oh, and I'm, I'm glad we got that one out of the way. I'm glad we got something different out of the way. Let's just start there because we've been playing a lot of racing games and yep. a lot of all, all of a sudden we were playing all N64 games. So hopefully we'll get something different this week. Uh, I'm going to spin the wheel and feel free to join us uh, Ant and Dan in what game we're playing this week or sure. join me on, on Monday for retro roulette. As long as it's not a uh, racing game. <laughs> okay. It's not. It is Super Smash Brothers Melee for the GameCube. Oh, GameCube again. I don't I don't <laughs> know why this keeps happening. <laughs> nice. So, Super Smash Brothers Melee is kind of where Super Smash Brothers became Super Smash Brothers, if that makes sense. Like I feel like it's the most popular one because yeah. people still use GameCube controllers to this day because of this game. Uh, to this day, I still don't under, quite understand the gameplay of Super Smash Brothers. That's just me. Maybe I'm stupid, but I don't get the whole percentages, and uh, I don't know when I lose or when I win. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of a fighting game because they kind of call it that. But the percentages is your damage percentage. It's how much damage you've taken, uh, and usually you play with like a stock of five lives. If you if you lose all five of those lives, you lose. It's like a it's like battle royale before battle royale because you, yeah. usually it's four people for the most part, 
unless you're fighting a hundred Yoshis. Good to but know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll be playing this game uh, today, if you're listening when this comes out, at 9 p.m. And hopefully you'll join us then. Uh, let's see. What else do we have to talk about? Oh, would you guys like to plug your podcast, Ant? Sure. Uh, we are They Call This a Movie. I We do that every week. It's me, Dan, and Mark. We watch bad movies. And as Dan had alluded to earlier, we are in the month of October when you hear this, or you're about to hear it. Our next episode is going to be uh, 31 Days of Horror. We're going to be full into it, so we're going to do five straight weeks of nothing but horror movies that also goes for the main which is our main website we're doing 31 days of horror so that means i'm going to try and watch 31 horror movies th- during the month of october and put up some articles for each one uh they call this movie is they call this movie.podbean.com you can find us on all podcast streaming apps we're on amazon Podcasts as well we just got up on there uh, so just search for They Call This Movie. You should pop right up. We're on all socials just by looking for the main Damie. And if you want to questions, comments, want to give us a movie to watch, the at, the main at gmail.com. There you go. Mark, you want to give and us our, our weekly plugs for our other podcasts? Yeah. So we have a, a D&D podcast as well called Stranger Damies that airs every Wednesday. Um, you can search for Stranger Damies wherever you get your podcast. Um, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Stranger Damies, so feel free to send any, um, you know, uh, fan art or anything there, um, you know, questions or anything. Um, if you have any complaints, you can send them to at the Aquino 122 on Twitter, <laughs> and um, uh, he can uh, he he'll be able to answer all your questions there um, and, and complaints about how we play. Um, yeah, so we uh, we have a. Um, uh, special episodes coming up as we barrel towards um, uh, and a, a big battle end of a uh, story arc. So uh, now is the time to uh, get on board. Um, and I guess I'll just roll into Extra Life here as well. Um, yeah, we do uh, Extra Life uh, every um, year. This is our fifth year doing it. Um, last year, I believe we raised somewhere over seven hundred dollars. Um, so we'll probably have our goal a little bit higher. It's the first time we surpassed our goal of 500. Um, so we're just looking to do more, um, this year. Uh, so just be on the lookout. That page should be up shortly, but the more important details is that we'll be playing, uh, November 7th. That is a Saturday, um, starting at 9 a.m. Um, Eastern, uh, standard time. Um, so be sure to, um, check it out there. Um, and then we go through for the full 24 hours um playing all kinds of different games multiplayer um you know jackbox uh you know probably play some racing games things like that um you know if you have any suggestions feel free to send it to um the game ball pods twitter um and we'll be sure to try and get you in but you know we'd love to have you in the chat even if you can't donate anything but you know anything even as small as a dollar will be greatly appreciated um from us uh so uh just uh, keep an eye um, on the Twitter, as soon as the page goes live, you'll see it up there. Um, and we hope you guys join us. Awesome. All right, Jen, how about you plug our stream? Let yes. everybody know when we're streaming this week. Yeah, so uh, we are on Twitch. We stream live if you want to catch us. We pretty much stream six days a week, or so it feels. <laughs> and if it's not six, it's probably five. Um, you can catch us on Twitch at Game Vault Pod. Same thing goes for Instagram and Twitter, by the way. As Mark said, Twitter is always the best place to you know, get our most up-to-date scheduling and, and all news and stuff. So 
um, definitely check us out there as well. So our stream schedule, you are listening to this on Monday, which means Retro Roulette is tonight at 9 p.m., as Tom said earlier. Um, and then following tonight, uh, tonight's stream will be Wednesday, which is Warzone Wednesday, when the three of us jump on and play Call of Duty. You know, that game that nobody cares about, Dan. Um, I never said no one cared about it. I just said it's not that, <laughs> that big. Following that is Trails Thursday, where Mark plays uh, RPG game Trails in the Sky, and I sit and chat. We had a blast list last Thursday. Had one of the funniest moments ever. It was great. So you, you don't know what you're missing. You just need to tune in and listen. It's, it's hilarious. Um, and then Friday will be Friday Fright Fest, where I play Dead by Daylight with Mark. And crazy shit happens. So you should tune into that, too. And then Sunday is Strategy Sunday, uh, where this guy here next to me, Dan, plays. Usually Warzone. Um, and Mark joins him. But they might shake it up every now and then. We'll let you know on Twitter. So be sure to check it out. Awesome. So yeah, it's uh it's been a fun fun night. I'm glad we got to do this. I wish you do it again soon. Hopefully when season two comes out. <laughs> yeah. Um uh before I forget, I forget every freaking podcast, we're are an affiliate of Stone Age Gamer. So if you need any retro gaming uh supplies, if you need controllers, if you need uh multi carts, if you need A V cables, power supplies, anything like that. You can pick it up at StoneAgeGamer.com. Um, they also have really cool game cases. So if you have a bunch of cartridges laying around and you want cases for them, go over there, check it out. Uh, they they have pretty much anything you could think of, and I love that store. Uh, but any <laughs> any purchase you make from our link, which is in the description, uh, we get a little kickback, and it makes our lives a little easier. It makes it easier for us to make these podcasts and streams for you guys um so uh feel free to do that it would be great help to us uh i want to thank ant and dan for joining us tonight um we we had a lot of fun and we should definitely do it again soon sure i'm, I'm glad i'm glad you guys are here let's we let's can talk put it we can talk horror games next month yeah <laughs> we can do that let's do it do that Right. Force, force Tom to play PT. <laughs> yes. Let's not, let's not do that. R, it's R2. always with headphones. You have to play RE2. I own RE2 Remake, so maybe, maybe that'll happen. Oh. It, there's no blood in it, dude. Oh, yeah, there's none. There's, <laughs> there's, totally, I think, there's totally no blood in I it. I think in, like zombies don't bite you in that game. They just kind of like push you. It's like tag football. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's just like that. <laughs> All right. So for Ant and Dan and Mark and Jenny, I am Tom, and we will catch you guys in the next one.